Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and welcome to CTN. To learn more about this show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today, it's an interesting one, uh, cracking the synergy code to unlock team cohesion. Well, so we have a very challenging and an interesting business environment. A lot of things are shifting, new technologies are coming, business models, customer expectations, all are kind of becoming... uh, there's a lot of variability in that. And at the same time, we have to make sure that we want our team to be able to think differently, innovate, be very productive, and bring success. So what essential strategies, tools, and techniques leaders are employing today or looking to employ today to create that culture of collaboration and trust and unity within their organization because there is a bigger task at hand. So our guest for today is Sriji Gopinathan, Global Chief Information Officer with Lupin. Hey, Sriji, how are you? Hey, Sanjok, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very good, very good. Glad to have you. Now, as I mentioned about the topic, of course, you know, uh, people talk about team building all the time and Uh, bringing people together and culture. So there is no dearth of discussions that have happened on it. Well, what we are looking at today is individually and collectively, there is some jitters on multiple fronts when it comes to team thinking and an individual thinking within that team, whether they are safe or what to expect next, or maybe there is too much on my plate or I didn't sign up for it. So when we have such an environment, if you were to identify the top most critical factor, which would lead to team cohesion, which is them working together, and at the same time, bringing innovation within the organization, what would that be? Yeah, uh, thanks, uh, Sanjok, for having me here. And thanks for the question. Um, So, you know, uh, there are there are many different factors that will play out when it comes to having a cohesive team and the collaborative effectiveness in an organization. You know, there are things like open communication, having the common objectives very clearly set and, you know, leading by example and things like that. But if I were to really, you know, pick out the most critical factor, as you asked, um, in fostering team cohesion, then that in my mind is without da- doubt trust. You know, um, if if we are able to create an ecosystem where there is, uh, you know, trust among the people, trust among the leadership, which then flows down into the organization, where the vision is very clear, the common objectives are very clear, and people are able to understand each other, communicate each other, and share ideas and create a, uh, you know, safe ecosystem where um, the risk that needs to be taken to achieve those common objectives is a collective risk. And that collective risk can be taken only if there is open communication based on credible trust. Yeah. So that's the most important uh, point, I would say, which is essential uh, to, to drive team cohesion in any type of organization. Now, you are also touched upon on unlocking innovation. Um, you know, so... 
as i said you know if there are common objectives and usually the objectives in any organization is going to be challenging and if you are to achieve those you know you need all the different subject matter experts you need the business experts to come together to formulate an effective plan and then put together an action uh, a list to achieve those now how do you do that so let's say you know we want to launch a new startup in our we we went we went through similar exercise here in my organization we are a already 50 plus year old company but then we wanted to start start a new business and how do you do that you know this itself is a dna question right starting startup in a established organization it can happen only if you bring the right people who are able to sit down and you know chalk through the uh, plan in a manner where it is uh, facilitated through an open communication and that open communication comes because of trust and when that happens all the creative ideas are put on the table so this was about creating a care platform based on the pharma background that we have now uh, to create that care platform uh, you know just the doctor input or just the it guys input is not enough there are service practitioners in there healthcare practitioners in there ambulance service providers in there a lot of different ecosystem players were there now how do you bring the needs of all these different stakeholders into uh, a common set of objectives that we want to achieve brainstorm on them create the right technology platforms you know microservices uh, based architecture and uh, you know open uh, source uh, system has been just possible to keep the cost low and things like that. but of course in a very secure manner but also very clearly understand what the doctor is expecting out of that or a patient is expecting out of that or a caregiver is ex- expecting out of that you know that comes together that innovation that you know a new product creation can happen only if people come together and discuss based on the trust that i talked about so very interestingly you use the word trust but if you notice trust is also an outcome of a number of things that need to be in place or have to happen for trust to develop and trust is also a living organism it could reduce and it could also increase so when you look in the environment that we have today where people are coming and going whether it is layoffs or people are doing mergers and acquisition or people are folding i mean there are so much flux and the people who need to trust so businesses don't trust businesses people trust people but when there is a flux well uh, when new set of people come there is no trust and you need to have them start working with each other and before you know it yet another disruption happens so this very fundamental building block that you mentioned how are you able to keep this living organism healthy at an individual one on one level and also at a group and an organizational level yeah um it's a very interesting point sanjog yeah i mean we are living in a very dynamic world uh, whether it is a large organization medium or small organization there's a lot of lot of changes happening but you know uh, the foundation of an organization is always determined by the leadership and the vision that the leadership has laid out and if that vision is very clear of course the vision is also not something that is etched on the stone you know businesses learn businesses adapt uh, and they change uh, because you know the the ecosystem out there the competitiveness out there is uh, going to keep you on your toes uh, so that adaptability Uh, of the leader who is leading this organization whether it is a you know large company or whether it is a startup whether it is a proprietorship doesn't matter if that leadership is able to hold that overall vision together and the basic dna of the organization together 
then you know the state of flux can be dealt with to a certain extent of course there will be uh, you know parameters that will be brought into because of certain behaviors and the characters uh, of, of the different people that uh, that come in but you know what i have seen in my career is that even if that is the case if uh, you know the 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 constant which is still remaining in the organization whatever that constant is in you know, leadership plus uh, the people who are working for that leader um you know they they uh, are pretty clear on how to conduct the organization how to go about doing certain stuff how to engage with the different stakeholders externally internal the people who are coming in uh, slowly fold into um into the the way of working now i have seen the other way around as well there were problems uh, in the way that certain organization work or certain teams work and when there is fresh blood coming in uh, they sort of you know have the freedom uh, to sort of uh, bring it up uh, and you know funnel it up saying that okay these are the problems that i am seeing that engagement that open communication also has helped actually mold the dna existing dna and the existing mechanisms in the organization move for the better so i think uh, in a in a way i'm what i'm saying is that state of flux that uh, little bit of you know people movement new new blood coming in new thoughts coming in in the end uh, it can be channeled to become uh, a good thing for the organization and uh, i mean uh, your response is spot on i just wanted to understand that when you have a very fast moving train and you want new people to jump on the train you can't just allow that train to slow down you got to get people on that train through some other mechanism and without the right amount of trust we will actually impact the whole train so the point i'm trying to make is when these new people are trying to come in and i like your idea about giving them the freedom to point out things that gives them the freedom that gives them the psychological safety perhaps that these guys are not going to say this question was dumb or this idea was dumb everything is welcome so that is a starting point but does that introduce trust between them and the people who are already on a fast moving train that they embrace these new set of people how do you bring the trust these guys would like to be trusted but how do you make the people who are on that fast moving train who feel that there is so much invested in what they've already done and they don't want a rookie to come in and try to just slow things down or mess things up how do you instill trust in them about these new new people who are coming in yeah so i i mean i myself have been in that kind of uh, situations in the current organization i'm i'm here for four years um, so i came into a running uh, setup uh, and i'm i'm part of the leadership to drive a lot of uh, common objectives so what i have seen is uh, a good majority of the people including leadership and other people were actually and i was coming from a completely different sector right um, and i have seen this happening for other colleagues as well so um, you know uh, they were actually very open uh, and asking me proactive questions in many instances how 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 did you address um uh, this distribution problem or how did you address this uh, in a manufacturing related issue or the supply chain issue in your previous sector i mean even though that sector was different the basic principles of you know sales and distribution or manufacturing or supply chain remains the same how how did you address it i mean um, so can you can you bring some fresh perspective in a good majority of the people uh, wanted to hear a different perspective compared to how this organization has been running not that it was broken but they were open to uh, you know newer ideas but there there is always a minority who is skeptical 
Um, and then, you know, it is the 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 new uh, persons or the newbies' responsibility uh, to engage with uh, with uh, you know those kind of uh, fencers, uh, if I may say so, um, and and you know engage and understand what their uh, uh, you know uh, thought processes, what their goals are, and how can you become useful for them, and maybe you know uh, offer offer yourself. Uh, to achieve those wherever needed without creating the impression that you're trying to step on their foot um uh, but but you know enabling that so you know technology i'm 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 a technology person in an organization um in many instances there are people leaders who want to leverage it but there are in many other instances it is seen as sometimes you know yeah i mean i can do without that as well but then you know how do you create that proof uh, points you know it could be as simple as uh, automating a simple thing which is very complicated using a robotic process automation we have done that in our uh, in our sales organization where the pricing competitive analysis was done only once a year um, which uh, which actually is not enough you know because it's such a complicated exercise we we went ahead and you know automated that with uh, robotic process automation and hence they are able to do in a much more frequent manner so those early proof points engagements you know understanding what their pain points are and how you can contribute towards alleviating those pain points can create a positive uh, you know, environment even with those kind of difficult, um, you know, stakeholders that you might have. So, yeah, it isn't. There is no perfect answer. There is no magic ball to this. You know, uh, the engagement, uh, offering yourself up, creating credibility for yourself, uh, sharing your experiences, showing a learning uh, attitude towards you know what is happening in the organization, so that you are also, uh, you know, uh, understanding how to. Uh, uh, gel into that work culture and the and the work groups. That is going to be very important, uh, you know, to to create, get the trust of those uh, people who are already moving very fast in the organization. Now, so what about the middle management or even upper management? And they're supposed to report to the board. They can't throw their hands in the air to say, "Hey, we are trying," but it's less than perfect. Is that what people at the top buy? Um. No, I mean, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, you mean you mean in terms of engaging with the new people that is coming in? See, for them, business results matter. And of course, there yeah. is a new breed of leadership who are very empathetic by design, but they will only go so far because on the other side, they also have to report to the stock market and or yeah. other parameters that they have. So when yeah. you see this constant flux, and they might on one side of their mind might be thinking, you know what, this is we can't control. But on the other side, they have a business reality, they have their own performance appraisals and bonuses attached to it, just as that a business reality. And when you're trying to deal with people issues, those are usually fuzzy. I don't yeah. think so anyone can go and claim that by this date, I will instill trust in these people. Yeah. Whereas the business results did require or demand a timeline. Right, right. No, so I mean, oh. uh, the 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 Sorry, yeah. Did you finish? Yeah. So I I was yeah. basically trying to understand that how do you juggle the two? On one hand, you have fuzzy. On the other hand, there is a specific ask. Mm. Yeah. No, so I mean, the, the 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 stock market, the investors, the business, the the the, the quarterly results, monthly month closing. None of those waits for any of these things, right? We need to go through that. Um, uh, you know, I, I think it, it it is it is to be seen as uh, one and the same problem. 
the moment uh, we look at it okay we are running uh, we are in a running train we have to get from point a to point b uh, with so much filled into that you know in terms of the outcome uh, i don't have time for new people uh, then you know that just doesn't work um, because you know that that kind of issue happens only when there are very 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 freshers you know who are probably going to learn the ropes uh, with uh, the daily coaching but when it comes to uh, you know even a one year old two year old experienced person these days they they actually come with quite some uh, energy and uh, experience and knowledge uh, that you know uh, they they start uh, becoming productive uh, rather quicker is what i'm saying and you know the patience levels as you are hinting at is not that high and hence the decisions if somebody is not able to gel in at least within a quarter uh, and you know start showing the impact you know uh, there will certain uh, there will be certain repercussions that you see in the organization so you know um, th- that luxury is not there anymore people have less patience but um, when uh, there is capacity available in the form of uh, new people or little bit experienced new people let's say um you know the 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 capacity can be put to use by the existing people to influence those outcomes in whatever possible way so let's talk about you know a, a, a regional uh, sales manager in uh, in the in the east of uh, a country trying to influence uh, and the growth in that region okay uh, and you know he is missing a couple of area managers uh you know getting that area manager in is actually going to be help for him rather than a distraction so in that scenario he will openly accept the person who is coming in who can actually manage that particular area in a much more detailed manner rather than the manager you know the leader the regional manager himself trying to uh, you know uh, get his neck into everything uh, similarly in a technology world if you are trying to let's say a specific example that i can take which uh, i've gone through in the last year is is creating a data lake you know i need data engineers i need data scientists uh, to to go through that um, but you know if i don't have uh, the right capacity and the right capability then the momentum and the speed that i need to achieve is not going to be enough to deliver the outcomes that i am trying to achieve and it is not just a it or a digital outcome right it's a business outcome that i am trying to drive so when i am getting that data scientist in even if it is a couple of years experienced person you now that is not just capability but also capacity which will help me increase the throughput there will be a little bit of extra effort needed to bring them on board in terms of the use cases or the processes that i am trying to drive uh, but you know uh, in the end over that one one month two month time period that extra effort is going to pay uh, uh, and you know help you deliver those outcomes in a much better quality way but also not putting the existing people through so much stress where they are going to put in a lot lot of hours so that's the way i think uh, it happens in reality let's take a quick break listeners we'll be right back and i would like to build upon your last comments riji so we said if a new person comes and the person doesn't gel with the larger ship uh, we 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 lose patience or we make some decisions but frankly the person who is trying to build trust with and relationships with the larger group they are more motivated than the people who are already there within that group because for them a new person could be a nuisance or just extra work so who should be on the hook the larger group or that individual in terms of building trust please stay tuned we'll be right back Thank you. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Sriji, I hope you get my point about building trust, but the responsibility of that group actually, you know, logically should be uh, more than that individual who is trying or he or she will be trying to gel uh, together with the rest of the group. So so how do you, how I, I just hope like you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I absolutely get you. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, the organization, existing leadership, existing drivers of different functions, businesses are uh, are the people who are on the hook. Right, um, a newcomer uh, always has that um, you know. Um, let's call it a honeymoon period where he has the, he has to learn the ropes within this uh, current organization before he can actually start delivering results. But it is not just about the results, right? It is about the attitude, and it's about the. Uh, approach that uh, an individual brings um, that has to start showing the positive signs within you know uh, I mean I would say as early as possible and you know once once they've got a little bit of hang of how things happen you know in a, in a couple of months that that uh, should not uh, show any negative uh, uh, levers you know that's what I, I meant by uh, that earlier um, that attitude that approach even if you know that is an issue in terms of the actual content of the work or the subject matter related work that's okay you know where people will be happy to give that lending hand and you know uh, you know uh, go through some of the early mistakes that individual might make uh, that's all fine but you know if the intent is right if the approach is right if the attitude is right i don't see that issue happening but if these things are not okay you know um if 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 you miss the um uh, learning uh, or the uh, how do you say the hunger um, uh, to to get that new learning and capability uh, for that individual um, and then you know uh, that is going to rub the people uh, including the leadership in the wrong way um, and hence it can create issues so you know i i would probably like to quote uh, a book um, that I read some time ago, it's called The Ideal Team Player, uh, written by uh, Patrick uh, Lencioni. Uh, here in, in, the, in that book, uh, Patrick says, you know, the three um, characteristics that is needed uh, to, to be a solid team player um, are, are, you know, that person has to be humble, that person has to be hungry, hungry can also mean ambitious, and also that person has to be smart, yeah, I mean, uh, that person cannot come with an absolute uh, sort of uh, thought process or a behavior, but, uh, you know, the smartness should be able to combine the humble nature and the hunger or the ambition uh, together with an understanding how do you operate in that uh, new organization or the setup that uh, person has been put into, so that the cohesiveness 
can be uh, uh, catalyzed by this person's interest as well. Of course, uh, coming back to your original question, the hook is going to be with the leadership, existing leadership, existing people who are there, who is supposed to deliver those outcomes. So, Sriji, this is what uh, we see when we are trying to work on team cohesion or the, the quality of team building that exists. We, we give it some sort of a ranking or it is also a fuzzy ranking at times to say, yeah, I have a good team versus I have a team that rocks. And, and you know what? I could not get a better team than this. Well, these are subjective measures. And mm-hmm. what you can't measure objectively, you can't improve. So if you were truly banking on the team cohesion so that you're able to do bigger, better things, that means mm-hmm. there has to be some effort put in and there has to be ideally some numerical mm-hmm. value that could be placed on saying, this is where my team stands today. And when I work on it in certain ways, and tomorrow when I'm going to measure again, it's going to stand at, it will move from point A to point B of maturity of cohesion. Has that been approached in that, uh, you know, measurably impactful manner, all your efforts to build those teams? Um, I I wouldn't say it is sort of a scientific numeric uh, measurement methodology that uh, that is used at least in my case um but but uh, you know we do have a mechanism where we um uh, look at uh, team performances uh, um and the individual performances and how is that done that is uh, done by measuring against the smart objectives right you know the specific measurable actionable etc objectives that we set for the organization which is actually um, uh, you know uh, uh, waterfall down from the organization vision and and goals once that is uh, set uh, for a 3 year roadmap uh, which is then uh, taken down to a one year uh, targets and quarterly targets and everything else the the measurement of the actual outcomes is against those smart objectives and that's those smart objectives is not always about you know uh, building a top line or you know, improving the bottom line or I- increasing you know the the productivity but also it is about you know continuous learning measures uh, it is also about um, whether we are able to deliver the outcomes within the specified time um, it's also about you know whether we have employed the newest and the greatest technologies uh, that we want to leverage. See, all that uh, uh, underlying measures that I'm talking about can happen only if um, there is a cohesive team uh, uh, play that is happening. Whenever, uh, whenever there, is, let's say we are creating a new platform, and you go and create that platform in in the way that uh, uh, you know the infrastructure had likes to do, rather than a cohesive approach created by the infrastructure team, the application team, the database team, the in a product team who owns the end product that is being taken to the market, we are not going to be able to deliver a performing solution. Uh, out to the market. Now that performing solution outcome is having an underlying measure of a high performing team as well. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's not about, you know, the measures like has this person taken this many certificate? Has this person helped another person, you know, work in something? Has this person engaged with uh, the cross-functional teams? Those are softer ways of measuring, which is very, very difficult to measure. And it has a lot of subjectivity associated with the person who is measuring as well. And hence, the measurement of the effectiveness of an individual and a team has to be linked 
with the actual smart objectives uh, which is basically the uh, goals the organization has set out for so that is how we measure and that's how the individual performance uh, uh, ratings are done as well and that's how the uh, the flexible benefits accrue for those individuals as well so that's how we manage this so i will give you a perspective uh, which comes from leadership like being a student of leadership so the traditional method of anything that is managing by outcomes right to some extent that's what you mentioned that if you're uh, you know you got specific objectives which is met that means that team is doing what it is supposed to now the school of leadership says that yes you got to build uh, or get your objectives met but you also have to build leaders and you have to build good employees and good teams in the process so if the only measure remains objective that second objective could be shadowed because then the actual effort that needs to go into building these leaders individually and make them as a team of leaders who take charge and then bring you the objectives it could fall by the wayside or it may not get that focus which is essentially what eventually will get you the objectives met and and make it all look good so how do you handle this predicament because of the lack of objective measure in how well a team has been formed and how is it performing yeah so you know at the end of the day when i talk about the actual smart objectives and the goals that has to be met that gets uh, break, broken down into different components you know which has the actual uh, business deliverable uh, which has resource matrices roles and responsibilities skills and capabilities uh, individual development plans rewards and recognition you know um, um and um, um uh, embracing new technology and new new ways of doing stuff you know all of those are sub matrices of what i talked about but we don't start with that is what i'm saying you know uh, promoting these objectives just for the sake of those uh, you know uh, you know having those matrices or measures in place does not yield uh, an outcome and it becomes uh, difficult to manage when we uh, when we uh, uh, you know keep running on that kind of measures for a certain period of time when the company leadership the team leadership business leadership and even your own team members see whatever these underlying measures are that we are measuring you know that i that i listed just now is actually contributing towards actual outcome of the company that's when the motivation kicks in even for the leader and for the people without that connect uh, it usually fizzles out and becomes an academic exercise which actually does not help is what i'm trying to say so when we are now looking at the people you got some measures in place and you are you know managing by objectives and you clarified that all of those smart goals and objectives kind of take care of that leadership element and the individual's growth element so that is great that you're doing this now what we have also seen is while we want to have these people work towards the objectives that the business has there is so much change that is happening you can't put a square peg in a round hole or you can't use your 2019 techniques or approaches or strategies for 2023 and 2024 is go even going to be faster 
So the same team, which yesterday was effective, and they might gel very well, but the skill set, the skill mix, the way they operate could potentially require changing for them to work at their maximum capacity. So which means you are rebuilding a plane while flying it. How do you do that? Yeah, no, this, is, this is a constant uh, challenge that technologists have. Um, I, you, might, you might have seen, uh, you know, technology transformation happening again and again uh, in, a, in, a, in a particular organization. I myself have gone through that in my previous organization. Um, I'll give you an example of one of my previous organizations where Data Lake sort of was a relatively new thing those days. We uh, uh, started creating that using uh, a particular platform which was offered by uh, uh, um, uh, an already established company in the industry. We created that, we pushed the data sets in, we created the data models, we started driving the outcomes. But then you know, by the time uh, we, have, we did all of that, it was already 18 to 24 months uh, you know, down the line. And there were new technologies out there in the market. Um, so competition who has started later than us started working on the, those, those new technologies driving better outcomes. Now the pressure starts building from the business as well backward to us. Why are we not able to push this particular nudge for my sales guy on the ground who is trying to engage with the store in a particular fashion, which my competition is doing, but we are in a, in a, in a, in a much worse off situation because we adopted a outdated technology. So um, that's why you know this the, the modern day approach, which is about keeping this as modular as possible, keeping uh, microservices uh, architecture uh, as possible, you know, keeping uh, cloudability and portability and interoperability between the different uh, uh, backend solutions are, are are needed. All of that is has to be built with a forward compatible um, looking strategy. So that that um, adaptability of your organization uh, is is possible with the moving ecosystem. I took a technology example because technology is what actually disrupts a lot of businesses and poses new a lot of new challenges to the organization who is uh, actually probably a leader now. And then you know somebody comes and challenges them. So you know usually technology is the one who is disrupting this. So if you Think through this. If you have created a uh, architecture in such a way that you can adapt very very quickly, then you know this problem that you talked about can be dealt dealt with very effectively. Now, for us to work on these other people, like our team members, get them all working, how are we building the new chops that our own mid management and senior management need? Because if that was that easy, or there is no revelation or there is no enlightenment that is automatically coming to these people, right? And we want the team to be handled differently. There are a lot of moving charts. So who is training the trainer or who is who is getting these people evolved so that they can work on the teams and make them what they could be? Yeah, so um, I mean, this is this is something which is driven not just internally. So there are plans that we create for continuous learning in our organization, which uh, you know is, is actually a combination of external experts working with us, 
but also you know uh, uh, project driven or need based uh, requirements that comes on the table which gets taken up so that's one uh, one part of uh, you know how we address this the 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 second part of this is you know there is always a outside in um, effort that we do by bringing in um, the so called experts from the industry um, because you know our thoughts are limited by what we are seeing what we are doing and uh, even though we understand our company our system our processes you know how we supply products to the market how we manufacture products even though we are masters of what we do we are also limited by what we do and hence that outside in perspective of you know bringing in the experts it could be a peer organization from a different uh, sector it could be consultants it could be certain uh, subject matter experts in area who can actually come and engage with us and we have conducted those kind of workshops so when we started our digital transformation journey a couple of years ago we actually had multiple experts coming in and talking to our leadership and other key players in terms of what in in the in the consultants language it is the art of the possible right what is the art of the possible so we took almost 3 4 months to go through that and uh, open up uh, our minds and thoughts a little bit because there are possibilities for you know possibly beyond what we are doing now and then you know that the smartness then after that is about filtering that down and seeing okay what is actually relevant for us can we do a inside out brainstorming for this particular business in this particular market or for this particular plan that we are trying to deal with you know what are the uh, throughput enhancements that we can do what is the new market that i can capture you know, that kind of inside out challenges are also put in the place and then these two are brought together and in many instances Uh, the capabilities might be missing for addressing certain areas and there you know you you sort of uh, go into a build operate transfer model in many cases not exactly in that way but you know you use those external uh, expertise to help you uh, get off the board uh, you know get them get the internal team go through the learning process and then sort of build a center of expertise internally to deal with those new uh, capabilities that needs to be addressed so most organization in the last couple of uh, years would have gone through as far as data science is concerned right I mean, a lot of people say that they have done a lot of data oriented work but you know when you scratch the surface you will see it's uh, probably enterprise bi related reporting and dashboarding work that is needed and hence um, the organization needs actual capability to come in coach and 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 you know get some of the early use cases uh, um, you know delivered and then you know you attract better talent from the market to come and uh, be party uh, to to delivering the larger uh, vision or the uh, goals that we set out in that area so data science is probably a hot area in this in this kind of uh, for this kind of example so that's how we deal with this so since we have multi generational workforce we have yes. distributed workforce we have disruptions in the way work was conducted and going to be conducted we got so many variables in the way uh where there all of that impacts how people work and you mentioned that at all point we will have to measure in some form or fashion but to not react once something bad happens or something good happens and be proactive which means people have started and have always been trying to provide recognitions and rewards and the carrot and stick and the command and control and the empathy all of these formulas or recipes are being tried so if you were to propose recipe which is your view 
which will allow that team cohesion and create the kind of culture where we are talking where each individual is super motivated to do absolutely best you know to to deliver the value but also maximize their own potential what would work or what would what is working for you and where are you taking it so that you take it to its maximum potential okay let me let me start with uh, uh, you know some of the um, typical um, qualities that is needed um, to achieve that kind of a well-oiled machine in terms of uh, team cohesion. Um, the, the real real teamwork, you know, actually requires very very um, uh, tangible and specific um, behaviors of people. Yeah? And then when I say people, it is not just um, the executioners, it is also the people who are the think tank and the leaders and you know the visionaries in the organization. It has to be there across the board. Um, uh, you know, I, I started off by saying the most important factor is trust. And you know, I would add a little bit more, and I actually borrow this again from you know Patrick, uh, uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, he has he has explained that also concept in a very nice way in another book of his called the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It actually should be vulnerability-based trust. What does it mean? Uh, people are different uh, in their own ways. People have their strengths, their weaknesses, uh, their capabilities, their weakness, you know, their, their not so good uh, behavioral aspects and things like that. So how do you how do you look at the positive side of who brings what uh, to the table and actually focus on that um, uh, so that you know you are allowing that individual to be uh, vulnerable in their own way, but then uh, look at the positive contribution that individual can bring uh, towards that collective outcome that the team is able to uh, wanting to achieve. So that's that's one uh, area, and that that happens by um, uh, promotion of, of uh, open communication, um, uh, putting uh, ideas on the table, challenging people irrespective of whether senior or junior. Um, but you know, never uh, trying to prove uh, I am right or you are wrong or who is right. But you know, what is right for the common objectives uh, is is the right question that you should always bring back um, to the table. And you know, when that happens, the second aspect of that, like vulnerability-based trust, when that happens, putting what is right for the organization, even if there is differences of opinion, it will actually result in conflict, but it will actually be a healthy conflict. Okay, we are trying to solve a problem. Uh, we are not trying to uh, uh, prove. Okay, my proposal is better than your proposal, or what I am saying it right is right, as opposed to what we are trying to solve together is right for the organization. So vulnerability-based trust will enable people to throw their ideas, approaches, thoughts in a very safe, psychologically safe manner. Uh, which will actually result in a lot of discussions, conversation, collaboration, conflicts, but healthy conflicts. What that then re leads uh, is, you know, active commitment from uh, people. Uh, you know, when that happens, when everybody is party to that, everybody's opinions has been heard. If somebody's opinion is not taken into consideration, they are able to understand you know, why. And you know that is for the common objective. There is something better on the table that draws active commitment from all the different stakeholders um, into uh, you know into into that common objective. That then helps you create 
uh, at all levels of the organization accountability and accountability is not just me being accountable to my boss but peer to peer accountability i need to develop a particular solution i need to go and sell a product in this market i need to make sure that the product reaches the particular distributor in time but for that other moving parts of the organization has to work with you yeah uh, and if they have to work with you then there has to be peer to peer accountability it cannot always be that i go to my manager my manager then talks to the other person's manager and then the information comes down and hence the commitment comes no the active commitment will drive peer to peer accountability and escalation is a good thing when something is stuck when something is not moving escalation is about in untangling the mess that the team would have got into and the leadership can get involved external experts can be brought in whatever the situation is the peer to peer accountability should be about solving the problem and all of this together vulnerability based trust the healthy conflict and the collaboration and the active commitment which comes out of it which also then makes people accountable to each other will ensure that the focus is always on the result for the organization this is very very important focus on result for the organization no uh, department no individual wins it's the organization that wins you would have seen a very nice video somewhere you know there is a uh, you know the hand rowing boat uh, three people are facing towards the right three people are facing towards the left all of them rowing you know three rowing towards the right three rowing towards the left what happens there is uh, it slightly moves to the side where the three people are stronger than the other three but the amount of momentum that gets created the amount of movement that happens is is very very small whereas if all six of them are rowing in synchronized manner with that peer peer to peer accountability with active commitment trusting each other um then the focus on results for the organization will be there and those organizations are the ones who make it big and win in the market so thank you so much uh shriji for uh, this insightful discussion that we had i think we did talk about some very specific areas where uh the synergy crow code needs to be cracked and we could unlock that team cohesion and i like the way you in very succinct manner put that it's not about me you or a department it's all about where the organization needs to go and let everybody focus on that so thank you so much thank you very much anjog uh, thanks for having me and uh listeners uh please connect with us on social media subscribe to our podcast once again thank you for listening to ctn this is your host sanjog gol till next week take care and god bless thank you for tuning in to ctn cio talk network with your host sanjog gol to learn more about our program or for show archives comments or questions please visit ciotalknetwork.com Thank you again for listening.